Hello and welcome to Recovery, where East meets West, and we learn through Buddhism and psychology how to deal with mental health and health issues. And now for your host, Dr. Tyler Woods and Sharon Francis. Hi, this is Tyler Woods. And this is Sharon Francis. And welcome to Bukovary. In Bukovary, we look at Buddhism in psychology and how it can help our emotions and well-being. And how we can apply these principles to our daily lives. This week, we want to talk about fear. Boy, fear is not a trivial manner, or matter, is it, Tyler? No, it kind of restricts our lives. It imprisons us. Fear is also a tool that is used for oppression. Because of fear, we may do harmful things individually or collectively. And people who are hungry for power over others know how to exploit that. Absolutely. Fear that is unrecognized and not tended to with mindfulness will actually take the life out of your life. It'll just suck the life out of life. Yeah, that's because fear is a tricky thing. Sometimes we put up a front and pretend all is well when we're really afraid of something. And this fear stops us from speaking how we want to. And I see that a lot politically right now. I do too. Is people are getting in trouble for speaking their truth or... Um, I just see a lot of political chaos based on fear. Me too, and I really wasn't going to talk about this, but I think it's uh, fear is also used as a way to control people politically. Yeah, it does definitely control the masses. Yeah, we're not going to focus on that though. We're going to focus on um, some positive ways that we can approach the fear that we have and use some mindfulness techniques to actually get a handle over our fear and have more joy in our lives. I think it's important because we spin out all the time with our thoughts and we sit and try to quiet our mind, but it just rumbles on and on, you know, that two o'clock in the morning thing. And it's churning out masses of thoughts, small, large, pink, yellow, green, bland, slimy. I mean, why do we do this? Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's just part of the human condition. I mean, we all know from a practical standpoint that we're none of us are getting out of here alive. That's it. You know, and that's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. So a Buddhist approach to fear would be for you to examine your fear. Where does it arise? What's the sensation when you feel afraid? What kind of thoughts are racing through your mind when you're in a state of fear? And what is your own particular pattern? Do you panic? Do you freeze? Do you get really busy and try to fix everything? Do you go out shopping and try to avoid it? Do you get angry? Um, and, and if you can be mindful of how you're feeling when you're in that fearful state, that's the first step in starting to get a handle over it. That's true because when you're mindful, you try to understand your experience. See, in Buddhist psychology, when you're mindful and you're understanding your experience, you try to break it down. Fear arises the moment you ask yourself, what's this all about? Most of the time, it really has nothing to do with what's going on right now. We're thinking about something that happened before or something that we're afraid is going to happen. The only thing you've got is what's right now, right here. And coming home to the moment makes all the difference in the world in how you deal, deal with your fear. So the question is, how do we use Buddhist psychology to stay in the now and not create fear? First thing is just know that the very act of dealing with fear is attaining fearlessness. 
fear in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, matter of fact, I think fear can serve us a pur purpose like get your hand off the hot stove. Of course, and if there's a, a lion chasing you down the street, you want to be fearful so that you have the physical uh, energy to run away and save your own life. So absolutely healthy in a situation like that. It is, and so therefore, fear can be helpful in the Buddhist scene sense as far as um, in the form of fear of suffering, which takes us to the first noble truth. So fear can introduce us not only to who we are and how we are, but it's a good introduction into the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. I well, agree completely. And we'll get into that in another show. Definitely, Dave, definitely. But basically, if you follow this, you could diminish your fears. Using mindfulness, um, what we're wanting to do is to recognize that a feeling of fear is arising in us and not claiming that fear as being part of who we are. Right. I think that is, for me, the most important piece, is to understand that fear exists um, because I'm grasping onto a thought and giving power to it. Well, and you know, the Buddha himself said, when we get completely bogged down by fears, we don't get anywhere. And we have to separate ourselves from basically what is real and what isn't real. Unless we have some kind of spiritual focus, we can't feel any sense of groundedness. We begin to think that we're missing out on everything. And then these obstacles, I call them fear obstacles, getting our way. And it's very frustrating. And we all have those kinds of fears. Fears of old age, fears of losing our health, our job, going broke, our loved ones losing, you know, leaving us. Um, our reality crumbling, and ultimately death, which none of us are going to be able to avoid. I know, because, and, and you can say it a thousand times, we're not getting out of this alive. None of us are. And our culture has never really accepted that. Yeah, we don't embrace death like no, other we don't. cultures do. We fear it, and mm -hmm. we shun it, and we ignore it, and we act like it's not going to happen. And we don't think about our spiritual practice, sometimes until we're on our deathbed. Well, and that's why having a sound spiritual base or a practice or even a discipline, um, we can start reducing our fears. You've got that right, Tyler. Um, I know you know that I recently came back from a trip back east, and yeah. one of my biggest personal fears is flying. And I know that it's because I'm a control freak. <laughs> and I absolutely <laughs> oh, have no control. Right? <laughs> and so it got really bad this time to the point where I thought I was going to have to cancel my trip. Yeah. And so I really had to plug into my mindfulness and start using some of the tools in my toolbox and really get into my spiritual practice. I did a lot of medicine Buddha work. Okay, um, I took the medicine Buddha card with me. Mm -hmm. I had my mala with me on the plane. I mean, I meditated the whole time. And by the time I got to my destination, I was feeling fine again. Yeah. And I think if I had given into that, I may have never been able to fly again. Yeah, I hear you because I have the worst. that horrible fear myself. You know, another way to cope with fear is to make sure that you breathe. Um, breathing is part of mindfulness. It's part of everything. It centers our experience and it slows our mind down. It keeps our awareness in a, a good uh, balanced state of mind. And uh, I think it's important to learn just how to breathe by keeping your awareness um, focused. You can have balance. And that is the easiest way to stay mindful, is just to focus on the feeling of the breath in the nostrils and 
ignore those racing mm -hmm. thoughts or acknowledge them and let them go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, also, self-compassion and self-love is mm -hmm. another way to practice for fear, meditating on fear. And, and it's true that um, self-compassion, because I always say it's hard to be powerful and pitiful at the same time. Probably and impossible. It probably is impossible. So another way through we can get through our fear is to uh, have some self-compassion for ourselves. Um, and that is just a, refer, a way that refers to the way we relate to ourselves. It's self-love. And it shows a there's a real positive correlation between self-compassion and psychological well-being. And loving-kindness practice is the classic antidote for fear, Tyler. If you can see through the lens of love and you're not afraid of what's out there, you can't be seeing through the lens of fear and love at the same time. So, yeah. you know, loving-kindness meditation is the way to go, in my opinion. And the other thing is, you did mention mindfulness and meditation with your plane trip. I think it's the greatest form of Buddhist psychology for dealing with fear. I read somewhere that fear is nothing but love upside down. Now think about that. What are we really afraid of? Often we fear what we don't like or is unknown to us. When we fear irrationally, we unnecessarily trigger adrenaline and deplete our adrenal glands. Even worse, our irrational fears hold us back from experience our, our experiencing our life fully and enjoying the present moment. Were you afraid that your words weren't coming out of your mouth just now? Huh? Yeah. See? Yeah, see, that happens because actually Sharon and I are sitting in front of a microphone. And, you know, we're trying to do this ad-libbing it. Right, and I kind of um, got stuck there for a yeah. second on my bedeep, bedeep, bedeep. And I remember sharing your first podcast. You were really fearful of it. Yes, I was. And now it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, basically... You know, uh, what truly matters is uh, meditation and mindfulness really has the power to dissolve the seeds of fear. I'd like to tell a little story, if you don't mind, Tyler. Um, it's a story often told in Buddhist um, mythology or, okay. or whatever about a monk who lived in isolation in a cave where he painted beautiful murals on the wall as part of his meditative practice. You've probably heard uh -huh, this before. Uh -huh. With his strongly developed concentration and his acquired skill, he painted a ferocious tiger mm. that was so real, it looked like any live tiger that you would see. It seemed so real, it scared him to death. All things that arise in the mind are like the monk's brush strokes on the cave wall. None of them, not even the ones that seem the most solid, are composed of lasting, unchanging substance but they could actually kill us. Well, yeah, scared to death. When the fear feels stuck, realize that you're clinging to a perception that's merely painted on the walls of your mind. It's that clinging, not the danger, no matter how genuinely threatening it might be, that is the cause of your greatest distress. Yeah, so here's the bottom line. It's but all in your mind. It is in your mind, and that's why um, Buddhist psychology is so important with working with fear. The truth is you will never be absolutely safe. Unfortunately. No one can guarantee that. And all things change constantly, even what is the most precious to us. You know that you have to choose that you will love, you will die, but not how or when or why. This is the angst of life, the price of being a conscious human being. It's not a flaw, although many people cannot 
let loose of seeing us in this manner, we just have to remember and be aware that, you know, fear is there and we don't want it to turn into depression and we need to, you know, listen to what fear is saying. And fear is saying this is a perfect time to start changing what you're doing. I agree completely. Being mindful of your fear allows it to become your teacher and give purpose to what would otherwise be just meaningless suffering yeah. that we're bringing on ourselves. And so once you can really understand that fear is an emotion like any other emotion, you can learn to manage it. I agree. And when we also understand that our emotions are absolutely tied to our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So if we're clinging on to those painful negative thoughts, we're going to have painful negative emotions. Well, for now, this is Tyler Woods fearlessly walking in peace. And this is Sharon Francis fearlessly saying, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> <laughs>